everybody. Welcome back to episode 15 of This Is Why I Drink. Again, this is Jeremy here. And it's good to be back again. You know, two weeks in a row after a two-week hiatus. It, it feels good right now, getting back into the swing. And I, as I did in the last episode, I took a little bit of a break, obviously, from the racism thing, because I don't want to keep talking about it, even though it just constantly is brought up and thrown in our faces, which is... It's just bullshit. Like I've said so many times, and I will I will conclude that series here in the near future with a with an approach that I believe is is pretty sound. And anybody that's been listening to this and actually understands and agrees with it, I think that it'll make a lot of sense with the way that I'm gonna draw it to a close. But right now, as I did last week talking about football going into the Antonio Brown saga. Fucking retard. Anyway, and his idiocy behind everything that he's doing, I'm going to keep talking about sports because, hey, it's pro football, it's college football, and then soon enough, it's going to be college basketball as well. And you'll see as we get closer and closer to the college basketball season, the reason for the title of this episode, which is college football pay to play. So, again, episode 15, college football, pay to play. And the reason that I'm calling it that is, as I stated, we're, as we get closer and college basketball season comes into play, we get closer to bowl season especially. And it's it comes up damn near every year, at least once or twice. It becomes a talking point on every single sports channel on TV, every sports talk, radio talk show, so on and so forth, where – the idea of paying college athletes, it's not going to die. It's not going to die until we find an answer. And when I say an answer, the two typical sides of, of the pay to play situation is, I mean, they're both all or none. It's yes, we should just pay them or no, we shouldn't at all. And I want to discuss a little bit more of a middle road option from a, something I came up with in about five minutes after talking to a guy. And I don't know if this has ever been discussed before. So anybody that listens to the podcast and wants to educate me on this, having been a topic that's been brought up before, I really want, I'm, if it has, then let me know that it's not original because if it's been brought up, I think it's something we should move forward with. And the reason I'll get into the details here in a second, but the obvious answer is no, we shouldn't pay them. And the primary reason is it's never been done before. Nobody's gotten paid legally. Has there been scandal after scandal under the table, money, sexual favors, all that crap that's happened out there. Yeah, that's happened. And uh, that's part of the reason that this conversation keeps coming up is because of the, the unmitigated, corruption of the NCAA on such a large scale where teams have been caught in insane scandals, hundreds of thousands of dollars, drugs, prostitution, out underage drinking. I mean, KU, I'm from Kansas originally. Good God. If Bill Self can go two straight years without some form of an academic or bullshit personal scandal from one of his players, I will have a fucking heart attack. 
That dude recruits such insanely talented um, freshman classes and transfers. Yeah, every one of them just does stupid shit. I mean, it's almost like I said, you know, you're capitalizing yourself. You should even say that for fucking college athletes now. You're you're Antonioing yourself or something like that because they just never seem to get it over there at KU. And I don't. So that's part of the reason that I'm 100% for not paying at all if they can't stop doing stupid shit. Now, what I'm going to get into, I believe, makes a lot more sense from a long-term educational standpoint for these young men to start understanding how to handle their money. Because we all know part of the reason for the uh, ESPN 30 for 30 episode broke is because these people come into this these pro positions in their respective sport. They're paid hundreds of thousands to millions and millions of dollars a year, whether it be from salaries, endorsements, whatever. And then once they leave, they have no idea how to make money beyond what they were doing. And they weren't smart enough with their money while they were actually in the league. So they're fucked. They're broke. They're dead in that regard. So that's why part of me says no, because again, you take all that out as far as them not understanding how to handle money. These guys have multi-million dollar man caves that are intended to make them feel so comfortable when they go to these colleges. They've, I mean, insane training facilities with some of the highest quality training, coaching, technology used to make sure they're performing at their optimal level, not only in the gym, but nutritionally. I mean, dietitians, they're getting everything is built around creating the perfect machine to play this game. And that's what they get, not on top of their education being paid for. They have multi, multi, multi million dollar facilities that are just decked out like you're in an episode of MTV Cribs College Edition. And they're insane. Now, the reason I bring that up is because if we start paying these players some of those amenities are probably going to go away and you just have to think about it logically. Some of those amenities and some of those things that the universities give to cater to and pamper and make sure that they're trained, conditioned and have enough recovery time appropriate to the sport that they play to make sure they're playing at their highest level. They're not going to be there because if you're paying every athlete, then where's that money that was being used for all those facilities going to come from? Well, it's a trade-off. And you got to think about it that way. Now, with that being said, the middle-of-the-road approach that I'm, I'm talking about is I think it's much better for a few reasons. One, it's not just giving them the cash. Okay. If you just give a kid money, you're screwed. Because if you give them, say, it's 30K a year, that was the number that I was in the conversation, or I was using in the middle of a conversation with a friend of mine when we were talking about this. And I said, say it's 30K. You give a kid in college, 
that comes from nothing, literally came from nothing, $30,000 a year while they're playing, you're going to have a hungover, high, fucked up athlete. That's not going to be worth shit. You can't just give them the money. So the idea that I came up with, and again, if anybody that listens to this wants to send a message via Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, to the email, official at gmail.com, and let me know that this is something that's actually been discussed, because I don't know if it is or not, then that'd be great. The idea that I had was, let's call it 30 grand. Again, just across the board, every athlete on the team. And I know that seems like an astronomical number, especially making based on the number of players that could be on each roster. I'm just spitballing here. So 30 K and instead of just giving the money to them, have that kid and their parents sit down with a financial advisor contracted by the college to go over what that family's financial situation looks like. And breaking it down, again, call it $30,000. They sit down and say the financial advisor discusses how much the family, the parents might need extra for bills out of that thirty k. So call it $10,000 that they determine is going to be a really, really good sum to give to the family to help out with actual bills. I think that's a solid idea because... The kid isn't going to necessarily need the money while they're in school. So for four years, why not help the family out? Break it down. So say the financial advisor says, we'll give your parents, your family, $10,000. And that can either be for bills, travel to the games, whatever. Okay? Just to help take a little bit of the pressure off while their kid's playing ball. Well, then say you've got $20,000 left now. And after that, the financial advisor says, okay, here's what we're going to do now. We're not going to give you 20 grand because of the fact that one, you don't need it. Everything's taken care of for you. Number two, we actually want to start teaching you some financial literacy. And so to do that, I'm going to sit down and discuss with you investing 15000 of that $20,000 into a portfolio of low to medium risk investments and show you how the stock market works, how different investment portfolios work, so on and so forth. And we're going to meet once a semester to talk about this and show you how it's performing show you how it's growing, what your dividends look like, so on and so forth. And we're going to do that every year. Give you 15 grand into that investment portfolio. Because think about it, guys. What kid, especially somebody who came from absolutely nothing, wouldn't love after being educated on how it all works to teach them financial literacy, wouldn't love to come out of college with $60,000 in an investment portfolio 
that they can build on in their future. I think that's a phenomenal idea. And then the other five grand, you're like, okay, here's five grand. If you screw it up and you don't show up for practice or you go out and you get a DUI, everything we just talked about is void. So be smart with it, but here's five grand. That wouldn't suck. What kid in college wouldn't just go ape shit over an extra $5,000 to do whatever they want with, with the stipulation of saying, if you do something stupid that puts the rest of the program in jeopardy, you're gone and all of this money is gone too. And your family doesn't get shit. That's no different than being out in the real world and actually having a job. Again, in episode 14, we talked about Antonio Brown. He's out over almost $40 million. And that all happened in two and a half months. We're just talking about 30 grand. He lost almost 40 mil. So why not put some stipulations and some restrictions on these kids and what they can and can't do and say, yeah, we're going to help you out. We're going to give you a little bit of cash. And if you fuck it up, well, that's on you. And if you fuck it up, well, then you're out of the school. You're off the team. Your family doesn't get any help. You don't get to start building an investment portfolio. You're fucked. I think that's a great idea. Because then, like I said, you start teaching these young men and young women financial literacy You start teaching them responsibility with money and you're investing in their future to set them up so that once they come out of college, say they do go pro, well, at least now they're going to be more mindful of their money. They're not just going to ball out all the time and they're going to be a better quality citizen and human being that's going to potentially use what they were taught in school to help teach others and build better quality societies in our country. And if they don't go pro, well, thank God, because now they've got, thank God that they've got that $60,000 in their investment portfolio. And once they go and actually get a job, they can start using some of the dividends from those things to help pay off student loans if they have any. Plus, it creates a higher level of ambition in these young people so that they're not just coming out of college living paycheck to paycheck and just trying to keep living that young adult life. They're sitting there thinking, okay, now I know what I can do some big things. Okay, let me get going. Let me rock and roll here. All right, I saw all this working in school and I want to build on it. So going pro or not, you're creating better quality people by teaching them about how to handle money early and sitting down with them once a semester to show them how it's working for them. It's simple in my mind. Somebody listening to this might think I'm crazy. I really believe it's simple. And then for those superstar athletes like the Zion Williams and whatnot that create all this extra revenue by likeness sales, whether it be from whether it be from jerseys, whether it be from posters or what what have you, yeah, those people should get a little extra kick. I 100% agree with that. And it should be a small percentage of the revenue generated for their likeness and their name that should also go into that investment portfolio. 
Don't give the money to them. Make it work for them. I think that's a great idea. Because again, now you're raising more conscientious adults that are thinking long game versus microwave satisfaction. And they're not going to put themselves, hopefully, some will still do the stupid shit because that's just them. And hopefully they put themselves in a better position so that they can not only help their family by giving them money when the family needs money after they go pro and or graduate. They can also help educate their family. And instead of just giving them money, start reciprocating and educating on that same level to help their families future posterity not have to worry about the same shit. Now, with this, I also believe that specifically in college basketball, if you're going to offer something like this, a kid can't be a one and done. They cannot be a one and done ever. Minimum two years. If you're going to do something like this for them, especially if they're potentially a high draft prospect, you know, they're going to be bouncing early. Yet if they want to get this benefit from being at that university, this financial benefit, then no one and done minimum two years football, maybe three. And the reason I say that is if the, if the school is going to invest this type of cash in them and try to teach them a little bit more about, again, financial literacy, then, then it, it doesn't make sense to do the one and done. If they want to do one and done, they don't get the money, period. And I believe that an approach like this can help curve all of the corruption that we see in college athletics. I also believe it could also help start bringing down the astronomical and idiotic coaches salaries. Now I'm not going to get into capitalism, socialism, things of that nature. It's, I just don't think a college coach should be getting paid eight to $10 million. Now people can say that, well, but they're bringing in hundreds of millions in merchandise and, and ticket sales and all this. I get that. I just think that money could be used in better ways to help less fortunate, low-income families. I think that a lot of the money that's brought into these universities for these programs and whatnot could be used, like I said, to help educate these young men and women on how money works instead of just kissing their ass and sending them out into the world later on where they don't have a fucking clue. So... I think that there's, like I said, I really, I shouldn't even say, I think I really firmly believe that there's a much, much, much better middle of the road option when it comes to the pay for play than just saying pay them or don't. Let's look at this. Let's look at how the country as a whole is growing and developing and how life isn't getting cheaper. So let's start educating these people now on how to make sure that they're not screwed later on. So simple to me. It really is so simple in my mind. And I know some people that I've talked to and some people that are probably listening go think, well, he just thinks he's got the answer. 
in this situation, I think I've got a pretty fucking solid start to at least build an answer and a solution to the problem. Instead of just sitting around and talking about the issues, let's actually start coming up with solutions to the issues that are good, middle of the road, applicable, and easy to at least get the ball rolling on. We talk till we're blue in the face. I've said this in so many episodes. Our country, whether it be sports, politics, the environment, whatever, we talk shit till we're blue in the face, yet we never do anything about it. And then when somebody finally says, let's do something about it, their ideas are so idiotic, Green New Deal, that they don't go anywhere because they're so astronomically stupid that it makes the opposing side go, oh my shit, are you kidding me? You're really this stupid? You're really this dumb? Fuck. No. Just dead on, no. So let's start looking at middle-of-the-road perspectives. Let's start looking at middle-of-the-road options that can actually give us a platform to genuinely build something from. I don't think it's that hard, guys. I just think that we overcomplicate it because we're too scared of seeming arrogant or we're too afraid of people shooting us down. Don't be afraid. Just do your research. Don't be afraid. Just get educated before you just start blurting out overly emotional semantic bullshit like most people on TV, even our politicians do. The fact that half of these jokers run our country blows my mind. We are so screwed with the people that we have in office right now on all sides. All sides. We are screwed till the day is long. We've got to fix some shit. And... Simple answers like what I just gave when it comes to the pay-to-play. They're the place to start. So folks, through me, the blind become sighted. And this is why I drink. Take care.